Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Who the hell decided I was ready for this? Hey, Fitzdog here. Greg Fitzsimmons from Fitzdog Radio. Rosen here. Allison Rosen from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Together, we're going to bring you a podcast that uh, it transcends time, space. It is about the ethereal concept of bringing your loin fruit into the world, caring for it, raising it up, and letting it please, please, please not be a reflection of you. <laughs> uh, people might be interested to know that this show, Childish, which you are listening to, and boy, do we have a show for you originally was called loin fruit. it was called loin fruit it was greg's idea i loved it i thought it was brilliant i was very excited um but then the feedback was um not positive not positive right? no you I, I don't know i don't know that i had heard it but you came to me and you said people are not digging loin fruit yeah that was a mistake we should have gone with loin fruit well that's the last time we listened to them, though, because every step of the way ever since, we've been fiercely individual. To a fault. I think we've, to a fault. I think we've lost a lot of listeners because people tuned in for childish, and they mm -hmm. heard you talking about not having done anal yet, but you're thinking about it, me talking right. about having a, a, a bidet to clean out my dirty asshole. There's a lot of ass talk. There's a lot of butt talk. Yeah. But also, I early on, I talked about pregnancy orgasms. I talked about lightning crotch. Yeah, right. Um, we came out of the gate yeah. hot. We did. By the way, where uh, are you standing with the anal these days? I still haven't done it. Right. I haven't been feeling particularly sexual. And uh -huh. by the way, Daniel, my husband, told me the other day, so someone wrote... so. I do these bonus episodes with him on my Patreon called The Friend Zone. And someone wrote in and was like, hey, Daniel, how do you feel about the fact that Allison talks publicly about how you haven't done butt stuff? <laughs> how she haven't had anal or whatever. And he was like, I, I don't love it, to be honest. I don't love that she shares that part of our life. He's like, that's why I don't listen to Childish, to be honest, because I don't know what I'm going to stumble across. And I was like, honey, I very rarely it's been a long time since i've talked about our sex life like i don't think i talk about it that often yeah and he's like yeah but i know that like greg brings it up and makes you talk about it he totally made you the bad guy yeah i feel like i'm the instigator in a lot of this and i tried to explain to him that look when i talk about not having done it in god's blind spot i'm not talking it's not a him and me thing it's a me thing that happens to also have to do with him currently he doesn't he own your asshole is that a Helen Reddy song? <laughs> he, he don't own y'all, asshole. He don't own my ass. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, listen, then let's just go to a whole other topic because I don't want you getting into uh, hot water. Divorce. But yeah, I don't want you getting divorced over this. Can you imagine the proceedings? Your Honor, um, I had never violated her brown hole and her radio partner was obsessed with it. Yeah, well that... And then they would call you in. And yeah. they would just play, just like 
75 minutes straight of you talking about butts. Yeah. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to let everyone know that I'm on drugs right now. I did something to my neck. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't have full range of movement. I don't feel like myself. I tried to white knuckle it for 15 or so minutes, and then I thought this is not going to happen. So anyway, yeah, I'm a little bit altered. So Greg has promised to carry us. Like the Footprints poem, I am putting her over my shoulder, and she's going to scream at me later. Why is there only one set of footprints? And I would say, Allison, you fucking no. What are you going to say? Say, Allison, I was carrying you, damn it. I'll say, thank you. Were you wearing Tevas? What am I looking at here? Tevas, some uh, Hawaiian shorts, a lot of sunscreen. Good. Yeah. Did you wear sunscreen as a kid? Nope. Have you had to have skin cancer removed? Yes. A lot? No, my lip. I have to go in like every four or five months and they, they ice my lip. And then it mm. blisters really badly for about 10 days. And then I peel that off. And then I wait four or five months and I go in and I do it again. Does it hurt? No. Yeah. I mean, it hurts, but not like a good hurt. Yeah. Like, you know, it's making you better. Um, Daniel, the man whom I haven't given my brown eye to. I don't know. I can't help myself. I don't know why I do this. Um, you know, he's fair and freckly and grew up in Tucson. Oh, God. Never any sunscreen. Oh, my God. I mean, when I grew up, never any sunscreen. Real. I mean, actually, I had parents who always were trying to get me to put on sunscreen. And I was like, but I'm trying to get a tan. But anyway, um, I, I have dark hair, even though I'm fair. So that kind of knock on wood has protected me. But he has skin. He has to get deal with skin cancer all the time, all the time. Yeah, now my doctor has me with the uh, bucket hats. She's like, you're not oh. leaving the house without a bucket hat on because the tops of your ears are starting yeah. to show some uh, issues. So, um, no, but I used to go, we, I mean, I was in the sun and my nose would get red and then purple and then the skin would die and turn hard. You could tap on it. It was so hard you could tap it. Oh and then God. I would grab the corner of that and I Ooh. would peel it off. And then there would be there would be pink hot skin underneath that, which would then get burnt the next day at the pool. Oh, Greg! But was that pink hot skin super like supple and young looking? Yes. Because I believe all of these treatments, like chemical peels, micro needling, laser research, laser treatments and stuff, it's really to like promote. It's to get a layer of your skin to peel off and to promote that underlayer which is all youthful looking. I'm shocked my nose doesn't look worse than it does right now. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a rough old age. I got to figure something out because, you know, there was an article today about, about Social Security and, uh, you know, getting your Social Security checks when you get older. And it said that you have to calculate whether to take it at 62, 65, or 70, and that, if you're not, if you're only going to live until you're about 75, you should take it early at 62 so you get the money. Right. And, and so I had to have a long talk with myself and say, how long do you think you're going to live? When and do you guys decide? I'm thinking 75 is be, I'll probably die of a heart attack. My dad died at 53 of a heart attack. 
That's so young. Yeah. That is so young. So the odds are I will die, um, hopefully not too much longer. Well, put me down before you die. How old do you want? Because, oh my God, I'm greedy. I want to make it into my mid to late 90s. No. I think I do. You enjoy life that much? It's funny because I really don't. I really don't. Each day is just a slog to get through, other than the joy that my family brings me. That is the sort of dialectical dilemma of the Jew, is that you both are the most (laughs) suffering people on earth and the most- What? Not gr- the greediest? No, not greedy, but like the most health concerned. Like nobody yeah. goes to the doctor more fucking persistently than a Jew. Do you think that's why? Because my dad is a doctor. Do you think that's why there are so many Jewish doctors? Because they're like, I need to just go to the source and become the source. You want to extend the misery. I don't understand why you're fighting so hard. All you do is go to therapy because you're miserable and then try to save yourself and, and elongate the misery. Yeah, you're right. I, I never really looked at it that way, you nihilistic fuck. But um, I'm, af- I'm afraid to die. Oh, it's just the fear of dying. I guess it is, yeah. But more so, this is really interesting. More so, I'm afraid of people around me dying. And one way to be sure that I'm going to experience that is to extend my life. Yeah. You're right. I should like leave early. Leave the party early. You don't want to see your friends throwing up or hooking up with uh, with fat people. You want to skip all that. Greg. Did I lose the metaphor? No, I just got stuck on the fat people thing. Oh. Do you sorry. remember when we were recording an episode of my show at... Um, the Adam Carolla Show Studios back back in the in those days, and my friend James sent me a photo that he had found from when I was twenty one, and I was quite a large lady then. Yeah, and I showed it to you, and I was like, "Look at this large sweaty lady." Um, I was sweaty, and I was also smoking a cigarette, Marlboro Light, and I remember you being like, "Oh, I would I would have liked her." Like, yeah. Look how it was very sweet of what sweet of you. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. So what do you think? Like mid to late 80s? No, I think 70, 76. About 76. I can't do that. Yeah, that's about right. 76. I don't know. That just It's going to be here in a, in a flash. I hope so. Are you looking for the sweet release of death? Yes. For real? Oh, yeah. Or as Elliot would say, for real life? For real life. For real death. That's what he says. Yeah. In real life? In real life? Is that in real life? Um, Greg. What do you I think? Like you think talk. the planet's going to get better? You think, well, I, you know, you're going to, every year you get older, you're, you have more aches and pains. You're able to do less. You're more marginalized by society. You're, you, you know, what, what are you going to stick around for? The listeners. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Welcome to Childish. Maybe we'll change the podcast to grandparenting at a certain age. Yes, except my kids have to have kids young for me to even be alive for it. Yeah. We have a babysitter whose mom is younger than I am. Really? Isn't that sobering? Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes I'll have somebody come to the show and they'll be like, uh, uh, they're young and they'll be like, hey, great show. You were hilarious. Uh, my dad's a huge fan. And I'll be like, how old's your dad? And they'll be like, 49. And I'll be like, fuck. Yeah. Their father is younger than me. All of it is gross. Well, we love hard. our young listeners. Well, if you're it's... a young listener, enjoy it. Stop complaining because the energy that you don't think you have now, you'll have less of later. I really, I look back on pictures of me when I was young and I didn't read, like there's a, a chunk of years that really are your best years in terms of looking young. And I didn't realize them at the time. Yeah. I definitely didn't appreciate it. Yeah. At the time. Oh, well. Uh, wait, there was something I was going to say. I've lost it. Fuck. What was it? Oh, oh, oh. So wait, in choosing, because I've heard my mom talk about this as well, I think, in choosing when to take your social security stuff, what would be the benefit of waiting? You get a higher payout every month. Oh. They give you, uh, if it's $1,000 at 62, it's 1500 at 70. Got it. Yeah. So you decided you're checking out around 76. So yeah. So I'm going to, as soon as I can get social security, I'm going to take that shit. 62. Cool. I'll take it. How old are you now? 61. No. Now I'm 55. Telling you, it's going to be here in a second. Although just one more depressing thing. And then I need to talk about something completely undepressing and actually wonderful and beautiful. Um, if this is end times with the way the variants are going, the way the vaccines seem to not be, we are so pro vaccine, but you know, there's a lot of breakthrough infections and all that stuff. And it's like, if we, if really this is the last, last burst of human beings on earth, I would like to spend my time doing different stuff. I don't even know that I would be in Burbank right now. Uh-huh. And yet I'm not making those changes. Interesting. Well, live every day as if it's your last. I mean, that is something that uh, the Irish have done forever. Just spending all spending the paycheck on Friday after work is a famous Irish thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, having unsafe sex. Just we live we live every day like it's the, like it's the last. Maybe that's why I want to check out early. Maybe. I mean, I'm burned out. Oh, I am super burned out. But that's just like a terrible way to go through life living each day as if it's your last. And yet the alternative is also it's I guess it's just all about moderation. I don't I hate know. when cliches are true. You know something. So look, we have started off on a negative foot, a negative truthful foot. But I want to tell you something that's going to turn this all around. Oh, yeah. Something that's super wonderful. Really? Um, are you familiar with American Girl Doll Biddy Babies? So you know American Girl Doll, of right? Of course. My daughter was obsessed. Biddy Babies are baby dolls made by American Girl Doll. Mm. I wasn't familiar prior to this because, you know, I, I kind of, it was after my time and then my kids weren't there yet, but now they are. We have a Biddy Baby. Uh, my children have named him Frank. He has blue eyes like Owen. And he has a little blue. You can you can customize, you know, all the all the features of the baby. But he is just so cute. 
and we have a little crib that he goes in and a little diaper bag. And Owen is obsessed with the bottles and like takes the bottles out of the diaper bag and feeds Frank. And then Elliot likes to bring Frank to school. Um, and he's just very snugly and, uh, you know, in little kids, it's a really great way to teach little kids about being nurturing, to have them kind of model that kind of stuff with a little doll. And I could not recommend the Biddy Baby more highly. From daily activities to special holiday celebrations, Biddy Baby gives your child so many moments to enjoy that will inspire kindness for a lifetime. And they also have tons of fun, different accessories. I had trouble choosing uh, for them. I think I'm going to buy more. Like there's a little carry. There's all sorts of, you got to go to the website and look. It's just, it's, you'll want one for yourself. Teach her that kindness is the ultimate gift with Biddy Baby. You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Biddy Baby products with promo code CHILDISH at AmericanGirl.com. That's AmericanGirl.com, promo code CHILDISH. Exclusions include 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Biddy Baby furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash BBpodcast for details. All right. Should we do a news story? Uh, yeah, let's do a news story. Let's do it. What the hey? Time for the news. All right, what do you got? Okay, well roundup of the best board games for kids oh okay good hyper enthusiastic reviewers this was from the strategist uh so there's a bunch i'm just gonna do a few but first first off is your family into board games very into board games uh we play a lot of pictionary we play boggle um, boggle's a good one boggle's a good like, one you, yeah i don't think i don't think that's in here but the we best we play we play a lot of Texas Hold'em though. That's our main game. We play poker. Mm. Nice. What do you play for? Clothes. We do you know just regular strip poker. Wholesome. So, uh, best rated and least expensive board game for kids: Connect Four. Oh yeah, Connect Four is a fun one. Mm-hmm. We we I don't know that my I don't know that my kids are old enough for Connect Four yet, but I could see them being very into it best two-player board game for kids is battleship i like that i know these some of these games you sunk my battleship i, I always right. found battleship to be kind of morbid it like it's very morbid yeah, yeah i mean you're literally you're 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 bombing ships that are then going to g- go underwater and everybody drowns all the little japanese guys drown can i interrupt this to tell you that something that we've talked about a little bit yesterday. So mostly Elliot just watches like Peppa Pig. I mean, there's a, a million thousand modern shows that he watches, but somehow he found himself in like a U on a YouTube channel where he was watching classic fairy tales and he was watching Hansel and Gretel. That is a, I mean, they are the real fairy tales are super dark. And my mother-in-law is here and she made a comment like, oh, wow, this is pretty dark. 
And then I said to her, I think this might be too S-C-A-R-Y. And so she was trying to change it. And he was like, no, like threw a fit. Um, and since he's the boss of us, we let him watch it. And he wasn't particularly, he didn't seem to be having nightmares or particularly scared last night. But I was worried that I was being a bad parent in letting him watch it because I don't want him to be too freaked out. Yeah. They are really... Well, Hansel and Gretel, don't they stick the kids in the oven? Yes. Yeah. There was a part where she put Hansel in a cage to fatten him up for feeding time. Right. And then she keeps coming by and asking to see his finger to see if it's plump enough. And he (laughs) fools her by giving her like, I don't know what it was. I, I could I couldn't hear it, but it was like she he gives her a stick or something. The kids do get away. So that's good. But I don't know that he has watched anything with like a true evil character that me- really means harm to everyone. We should maybe do videos of um, kids from fairy tales going to therapy. <laughs> and we play the therapist and we have to try to talk them through their PTSD. Yes. Hansel and Gretling is actually a therapisty term for siblings who come from an abusive um family the way that they become like hyper bonded to each other oh yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i don't know that it's in it's not in like the dsm or something but i've heard it used in their therapeutic settings yeah okay best cooperative board game for kids richard scary's busy town i found it game this one i don't know Mm, never heard of it um no let me just go to best interactive board game for kids the sneaky snacky squirrel game don't know it looks fun all right i take issue with best electronic board game operation that game is loud and not that fun it's not that fun it's overrated i like the concept it's funny but the truth is when you when you try to get the piece out it's Mm -hmm. awkward and uh and when it buzzes you it's not fun no no i'm not a fan operation you remember Hungry Hungry Hippo? Yes. That one's not in here, but that's a good, fun, loud game. That's a good, fun, loud game. Yeah. Um, Best counting board game for kids, Shoots and Ladders. I don't remember any counting in that, but I just have to get to, okay. Best not too competitive board game for kids, Candyland. That one we do have and we do play. And uh, Elliot cheats. Really? I don't know if he knows he's doing it. I don't know if he's playing me for a fool, but suddenly my piece is moving back and his is moving forward. And uh, yeah, so he's a sneaky one. Do you feel that that's baked into his character or do you think it's just something a kid does at that age? I think it is something a kid does at that age because I think that he is perfect. <laughs> so we'll just have to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. What do, what do you got news-wise? Well, there was a real nice article. I'm not going to tell you the news source, but it's a legitimate news source in some people's minds. And uh, it was about four techniques to raise the confidence of your child. And I thought It's kind of long, but I thought it was worth diving into a little bit because people are always, you know, thinking about like, you know, if I always said, if I could give my kid one thing, it would be confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just one characteristic because with the confidence, they will take on the learning. 
They will yes. not be intimidated to challenge themselves and and uh, get the most out of life. So number one was practice praising. Uh, and it says, um, the empty praise won't build real confidence. The more we tell self-doubting kids you're wonderful, the harder they argue I'm terrible. Um, kids may experience... Kids need many experiences of putting in a little effort and getting a little success before they can be brave enough to put in a lot of effort and experience more success. So promote your children's effort rather than the talent. Praise how they approach the challenge and how hard they worked, not grades and scores. Interesting. Um, Owen was playing a game yesterday and like sorted all the shapes correctly. And I, and you taught me this. I said, you did that. Yeah. 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 Let them take right. that in. Let them tap that into the universe. <laughs> I forgot we tap things into the universe. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, okay. What are some of the other ways to build confidence? There's also communicate differently. And it says the two tactics you can use are empathy and anchoring. Self-doubting kids tend to think of in terms of always and everywhere. Instead of arguing, acknowledge your child's feelings, but tie them to a certain situation or time. You could say you're feeling discouraged right now with that project. Um, so add the word yet to statements about the challenges. For example, if, if instead of I can't do it, encourage them to say I can't do it yet. Oh, that's good. That's good. Right. I no. mean, the Chinese, or I should say Asian people, are taught math. People say, why are Asian people better at math? <laughs> you know, two love, years love ago. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, two I, years ago, you could, say, you could just state that as a premise and keep going. Right. You didn't yeah. have to stop down and qualify it. You didn't have to say, you know, I, I, I have to put context. Just Asian people statistically do better at math. And as a culture, it's because they never define themselves as good or bad at math. And in this country, we have, what do they call it when, you, when you're bad at math? You think you're bad at math, math-phobic or something? Oh, I, I don't know that. I think they call it math-phobic. And yeah. they don't get that. They get that it is a process to learn mm -hmm. math and you keep working at it. And so they uh, they they go more fearlessly into it because it's a process of learning it. The third thing, give them the floor. You shouldn't be the only ones talking. You want to give them time to express themselves, and that really builds their confidence. They need to feel that they can openly communicate without criticism or judgment. So um, it allows them to explore their personality and salient traits. These traits can range between creativity, courageousness, being adventurous, emotionally attuned, and caring. Uh, so you want to applaud them for that. It's like, you know, I think some parents get so anal about everything that their child says being correct, that mm -hmm. they're constantly fine-tuning everything that comes out of the child's mouth. And instead of going like, hey, you know what? Just fucking slop it out. Just, yeah. just talk. Say some stuff play around with some ideas, you know, form some, form some, you know, uh, hypotheses and, and, and whatever. And, and then you can rein them in a little bit at the end, but don't interject too much. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really got to give your kids room. That's something I, I think about a lot lately, because when I reflect on my own upbringing, just how and it was really they didn't mean to. But I just I had a dad who was very um, larger than life at times. He's he's older now, so he's changed quite a bit, but he was just he's larger than life and a ton of opinions. And it definitely, you know, it took up a lot of space in my psyche. That's really interesting. It's interesting you say that because, you know, I write a script every week for Childish. I don't know if you do, but I write a goddamn script. We don't share our scripts. I think we Mm -mm. each each have our set. Do you write a script? I don't. I make notes, but I don't write a script. So the first thing that I had written down under Greg and Allison chat is... um. Do you try to avoid parenting the way you were parented? Isn't that weird? And that's exactly what you brought up? Yes. That's so interesting. I mean, it's all you can hope for as a mm-hmm. parent is to do better than your parents did. Yes. You know, just just break the cycle in some ways, you know, find to take the good stuff. Your parents did a lot of great stuff, you know, yeah. but- Take the things they didn't do so well and think about them and, and do do better. Improve on it. Exactly. Wow. I is there one more thing or no? There's one more thing. Okay. Which is ask questions. They benefit from being asked guiding questions that put their brains to work. So uh children can't have their negative thoughts replaced by a parent, but asking a few thought-provoking questions can provide a positive outcome. If your child insists they're going to fail, don't tell them they're going to do well. Instead, ask them what they'd say to a friend who said the same thing. This teaches mm-hmm. them to reframe some of their negative thoughts on their own. You don't want them to grow dependent on you for healthy thoughts. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Allison Rosen? My Oh, thank you for asking. My thoughts are that is a good idea. Hmm. That is, I mean, you need to have a child who's verbalizing their doubts in order to do that. But it's a really good idea. That's something that I find myself doing sometimes when I am beating myself up over something. I think if my child came to me with this, if my friend came to me with this, what would I say? And invariably, it's much more kind. Yes. If you could talk to yourself the way you talk to your child, oh, yes. think of how much longer you would want to live. Then 76. Then 96 even. I'm sorry, I'm still clinging. I'm clinging to life, even though I'm going to have to say goodbye to everyone I love. You are going to be a drain on your children. Your husband will be dead. He'll be dead of skin cancer long before. I know. And you're going to be living in their like garage, and they're going to bring you meals on trays and not be able to go out because they're worried about you. What if uh, medicine comes a long way between now and then? And then, they can keep a, an old lady going for a long time. Mm. Well, I guess so. I guess you got to wait and know. see. But duh. does Erin know you plan to check out around 76? I think she thought I'd be gone by now or she wouldn't have gotten <laughs> married. She's shocked. She she found out my dad only made it to 53, and she's like, yeah, I'll walk down the aisle with you. So you've already overstayed your welcome. Very much so. 
Got it. I've been around two years too long as far as she's concerned. Yeah. I got to think about what my second act is going to be. And that's going to happen around, I guess, when I maybe 78 or so. What are you talking about? You're in your second act. First act is pre-kids. Second act is kids. Third act is kids move out. But I feel like I'm really just coming into my own. Really? So for me, my second act, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I was thinking second act in terms of like, okay, Daniel's gone. Now what? Yeah. Maybe second marriage is really what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, okay. Because you Is that going to be that, the marriage that you finally give up the back door? That's right. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be Daniel's dying wish. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't want to disappoint a man on his deathbed. Yeah. Um, you said that this is from a news source that some people don't think is a real news source. And naturally, now I want to guess. Okay. BuzzFeed. Nope. Fox. Yeah. Oh, Fox News? Fox News. That what The next article on their news feed was how to make your child a conservative. Was it really? Literally, that was the next news story. Oh, my God. What were, would you remember what they said? I didn't read it. Wow. I had to get out of there quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in certain apps, if it's like a news app, the more you click on a certain type of story, the more they're going to give you that certain type of story. It's yeah. really like the secret. And I uh, always find myself clicking on like the most dark, morbid, like, you know, uh, authorities couldn't like there's this horrendous story of this uh, a whole bunch of people had called child protective services because this mother was saying things uh, that made them concerned about the safety of her three children and then lo and behold she offed her three kids and oh, now everyone's God. like why didn't they step in why didn't they do anything so uh, you know that was like an instant click I'm like why am I doing this to myself yeah I don't know. I don't understand that urge to read completely awful transgressive things. Well, look at how much tr- how popular true crime is. It's I so know. weird. It's kind of gross. Yeah, it's almost like I think that we're all killers, right? I mean, we're mm-hmm. born in nature to stalk and kill prey, to kill animals, to kill That's each other. Says. Yeah. And so yeah. we're sublimating it our whole lives and so Right. We're, we're jealous of the people that are able to honor that drive to take another life. And we're curious about what it would feel like. What, all, they're always about what was going on in the person's head. Mm-hmm. We love those interviews. The guy in the orange jump shoot, jumpsuit and a guy is interviewing him. And there's that tension because you think, this guy's a killer. He could dive across the desk and choke you to death. So good for you for interviewing him. And then, <laughs> and then you hear like... Uh, you you want to hear like that they were calm, like they would get mm-hmm. fidgety and anxious and then they'd kill and it would calm and center them for a oh, few right. weeks. Yeah, they needed, they need, yeah. We oh. love that. We love that. We think that's so cool. See, I think that's why video games and things like violent art and things like that are popular is because that, because we've sublimated that urge and then it comes out and things like that. So then when, People claim like, oh, first person shooter games made this person a killer. I think that doesn't I don't think that's the case. I don't either. And but you know what really from childhood really calms me down? A good bowl of cereal. 
Nothing is more comforting. Nothing than that. is more comforting. And you can put in oat milk, whatever. It brings me back to childhood. But I stopped eating cereal because of all the sugar and all the junk that goes into it. Yeah, it's not great for you. Until I discovered a little thing called Magic Spoon, which uh, they sent me a bunch of boxes so I could try it out. Let me tell you something. We get a, a lot of our sponsors send us samples. These samples went, they sent me six boxes of cereal and we went through them in five days and my kids demanded that I ask for more. So I went, <laughs> I went back to our commercial agent and I said, hey, can, can I get some more of those? And so they sent more and the same thing. We took them down fast. They're, they're so good. They're so good. And the best part is that um, you don't crash afterwards because this particular cereal has zero grams of sugar. My son won't eat sugar. Um, it has 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's crazy because it tastes like, like you know, I, know. I don't know if I'm supposed to name brands, but like your most favorite sugary cereals, that's what it tastes like. And yet- it's really great like if you're doing keto or something because cereal is something you might have a craving for and you think you can't eat it you can eat magic spoon it's keto friendly gluten-free grain-free soy-free low carb it's 140 calories a serving uh the variety pack has four flavors cocoa fruity frosted and peanut butter i i also happen to love blueberry uh uh blueberry is like the jam um, and again, it's just the, the way you don't crash. So go to magicspoon.com slash childish and grab a variety pack and try it today. I promise you. Be sure to use our promo code childish at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash childish. Use the code childish to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. Um, my family is so into it that when I opened our cabinet and I saw the new boxes, I just assumed Daniel had purchased it. I didn't realize that we received it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got super in- into the fruity this time around. Yeah, the fruity's really good. They're all super good. Should we do highs and lows? Yes. Wonderful. Lows. All right. I'll start. Um, you know, it's gonna it's a small low, but Wendy, our dog, just came back from the groomer and she's so soft and she smells so good and she's such a snuggle bunny, uh, that I just can't wait to go bury my face in her freshly cleaned fur because she was pretty gross before. You just said that was your low. Did you mean to say hi? I meant hi. Oh, yeah, because that sounds like a pretty high low, Allison. Burying your <laughs> no, face in a, a pretty... fluffy, clean dog, that's about as high <laughs> as it gets. I meant to say it's a pretty low high because oh. I was judging myself like, really, that's your high? Your dog got groomed? But it is my high. Because I can't wait because she smells so good and she's so clean and she was truly funky and nasty before. Yes. Look, I had a talk with my friend Ed Krasnick, who is a uh, expert in happiness. 
Um, he does a podcast about it. And you know what? Life is about moments of happiness. There, you know, like you go on a trip, you go on a vacation. What are you going to do? You're going to plan it. You're going to go online. You're going to sweat. Should I rent this place? Uh, should we rent a car? You, tr- you drive for eight hours. You get there. You unpack all this stuff. Also, that there's that one moment where yes. you swam in the lake and now you're laying next to it and you're drying off in the sun. And that's a 10 minute window. And that's what it was all about. And so rubbing your face in a fluffy, clean dog, that's your that's your lakeside sun dry right there. You are so right about that vacation situation. Yeah. So much hand wringing and uh, craziness truly for that moment in the sun after you swim like that, because that is the moment where you're like, ah, yep, yep. And he said that you have to go back to those moments and revisit them. They're, they are accessible anytime. Take one minute out of your day and put yourself in that place that made you happy. And, and, uh, and you can turn your mood around. I remember there was this guy that I had a, a big crush on. And I was in New York and he was coming to town um, for work and we were going to get together. And he had reached out to me and I was so excited that he I was going to see him. And it was like the morning and I knew I was going to see him that evening. And I was on such a high. And then I thought, you know. He's not actually here right now. This feeling of mine is entirely Mm self-generated. If only I could learn how to tap into this, how to generate this feeling whenever I wanted, how incredible that would be. That sounds like a Beach Boys song. Should have tapped in that tapped that into tap the universe. that into the universe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does tapping it into the universe work? When you're feeling that feeling that you were that you had with that guy, you well, it's more about when you have done something mm. that you feel good about and proud about. You tackled something that you were afraid of or whatever, and it and it succeeds. You wrap your you you hug yourself. And you mm-hmm. tap your fingers against your shoulders alternately. Tap, 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 tap. And when you do that, you're connecting the left and right side of your brain. And it is um, internalizing and storing that feeling. And then later on, if you do it enough, when you need that feeling, say you're in a stressed out um, moment, you can tap and the feeling will come back. Has that worked for you? I've tapped a bunch in, but I always forget to tap it back out. I'm, I'm due some tappage. Yeah, you got to make a withdrawal. Yeah. All right, what's your high? Well, um, I, did a, I did like uh, so much work yesterday. And it was one of these, I'm going away for a long time. And uh, I needed to get shit done. And it was the end of the day and I had more shit to do. But I said, you know what? There's a six o'clock yoga class on the beach that my wife is going to, and I am just going to drop everything. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to go. And I went and the sun was warm and there was a gentle breeze. And my yoga instructor is like the coolest woman. And she says the coolest stuff. Uh, Like she always starts the practice with like some thoughts about, you know, there's that the past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist. And there's only no, like stuff that you need to I remember shit like that. Yeah. And then, and then she led us through this beautiful stretch vinyasa sun salutation. And 
and it was and like at one point we had our arms out to our sides and me and my wife were next to each other and we were holding hands and stretching and i just thought wow it just doesn't get much better than this moment that's so sweet what if your yoga teacher started by talking about covid and politics That's not bad. If you start there and then you, as you work through the practice, you, you sort of like process all that stuff, mm. you know, come out the other side and then tap it into the universe. I got to do more tapping. I really do. Yeah. Tap it. Gotta tap yeah. it. What's your, uh, what's your low? Is it sniffing your dog before she got a bath? The groomer told me she was <clears throat> yeasty. <laughs> Uh, like which which section uh, of her are you sniffing to reveal the yeastiness but then she said don't worry it's pretty common that dogs get yeasty i didn't did she say she tasted yeasty (laughs) no oh all right no but um but there was matzah in her house and now it's bread She she grimmed her in her house. Um. Anyway, no, my low is uh, I already mentioned it, but it's this neck situation. I don't know. I woke up in the middle of the night feeling like, oh, no, I tweaked something. And then I woke up this morning and it's still ongoing. And uh, I don't know what I did. That's what is kind of frustrating to me. Like it could have been any number of tiny minor movements that messed me up. Are you stressed lately? Yes, I'm also stressed lately. Usually I, 99% of that has to do with stress. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my mother-in-law was was saying, that like we hold tension, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it's that in addition to, I don't know, holding Elliot's backpack in some weird way, or I, I have no idea. Right. Elliot does this thing when I, when I go to hug him goodnight, where I kneel on the ground, and then he gives me a hug, and then he just lifts his legs up. And like, yeah, I, and dangles. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, but he didn't do that last night. So if I'm if I'm not in the right position, that could tweak my neck. But I don't think it's that. I'm just old, Greg. I know. I forget about how many times I had a bad back and neck because of the the lifting of the kids. And uh, yes, those days are over. And I don't. My back isn't as bad as it used to be. Well, those little bastards. Probably, yeah, I know. It's probably worth it. The, I mean, it's wor- the sore neck is worth it for the sweetness of yeah, the little dude. Of course. Yeah. Milo. Oh my God, Allison. If I could ever. People are like, I could never do stand up comedy. It's so hard. And I always think to myself, well, you know, I guess for some of us, it's just not as scary to get up on a stage and tell jokes. But last night, I bombed so hard at my first, I had two shows. And the first one, there was only about 15 people in the crowd. It was at this club on the West side and they make the audience wear masks. So it's very difficult to go on stage and tell jokes and not see people smile. Right. It is so debilitating. It is so disconnecting. And so you start to feel like you're not doing well. Mm -hmm. And so I just, went into a tailspin and I felt, and I, let me try to take you through what it's like to bomb as a comedian. You walk on and everything's cool. How you guys doing? Couple opening jokes about that the club is on an alley, blah, blah, blah. And then you commit to your first written piece of material and they don't bite. 
And now all of a sudden, it feels like you're in the ocean and you're being dragged out and you're fighting the current, but you don't have the strength. And you realize that you're supposed to relax and you know you're supposed to relax because that's the only way you're going to survive. But you can't right. relax because there's so much at stake. You are And there's comedians sitting in the back watching me, younger comedians who look up to me and come out mm-hmm. so they can learn the craft of stand-up from a master who's been doing it for 31 years. But the right. master is flailing in the waves. There's froth coming up. He's <laughs> swallowing salt water. And oh, so no. you just keep... You know, you try to make little comments that they suck, but you don't want to completely alienate them by telling them they're that bad, but you're trying to be truthful to the moment, but the moment is fucking terrible, and all you're thinking is, how many more minutes do I have left? Oh, God. Oh, it is, oh, it's the worst. You start to get a pit in your stomach, and you start to not breathe. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, it sounds like it pulls you out of the moment so much that you're just like analyzing how you're doing. Oh, that sucks. But then uh, luckily I went to another show afterwards and the crowd was hot and I I, I grabbed some self-esteem back. Were you really bombing as much as you felt like you were? Or was it the mask thing? I think it was both. But the problem is, is once you think you're bombing, you kind of are bombing. Yeah. Because you're not giving your best show when you think you're bombing. When you bomb, how long does that stay with you? Does that stay with you? If I hadn't done the later show, I would have been in a black cloud today. Yeah. But luckily I was able to, uh, you know, right that wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can. that must be so hard when you're just like searching their eyes to try to tell if there's laughter happening. Yeah, yeah. And they were very young and I'm, I'm starting to feel sometimes... In front of these super young crowds, you start to feel a little old. Did we have another ad? <clears throat> we sure do. <laughs> I want to tell you guys about uh, Dame products. Dame is on a mission to close the pleasure gap. I don't know if you know this, Greg, but women are four times more likely than men to say that sex is, quote, not at all pleasurable Whoa. in this past year. Jeez. Yeah. So Dame is a woman-founded company making toys for sex that close the pleasure gap, developed and tested by real people with vulvas in Dame Labs. They're engineered to bring your solo and coupled play to new heights. They're making the world a happier place, one vagina at a time. And honestly, I have, an, I have a number of, of Dame products, and my neck is hurting so bad, I am wondering, could I just place a vibe on my neck? I think it'd put a smile on your face. <laughs> oh, I could, yes. Could, uh, put it somewhere else if, if, if it wasn't making my neck feel better, but I feel like it actually would. Um, so anyway, I want to tell you guys about two of their products um, that I think are especially great. One is the Eva, which is a couple's vibrator. And it is a little vibrator with these flexible wings that you can tuck under your labia for a, a hands-free, no-hassle kind of penetrative situation. Uh, And then there's Palm, which is a flexible vibrator that bends to your needs. This is the one I'm thinking I could just lay on the, on 
where my neck is spasming. Um, palm can cover solid vulva real estate. De-stress this holiday season with palm. It's soft and super bendy, has five different patterns, five different intensities, and is completely waterproof. So you can use it virtually anywhere. Go to dameproducts.com slash childish today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts, D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S.com slash childish today for 15% off site-wide. I think now would be a good time to remind people that we play voicemails on the show and we would love to hear and, and most likely play yours. And I'm going to give you the number to call in. I got to say, you know, people reach out to us a lot of ways. They they email us at uh, child, childishpod at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes, they do. They, um, they leave us uh, messages on our different Twitter and Instagram accounts. But the voicemails, I love. I love hearing actual listeners' voices Me up too. close. So, yeah. Me too. So, call us at 805-317-4243. Again, that's 805-317-4243. Uh, you, Greg, mentioned our social media. We are all over social media. And that's Childish Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. We're fun. Yeah. We had a piece of mail come in from a dude named uh, Jay. JJ. JJ. She says, Allison claims that they always catch the bad guys on SVU and it's always formulaic. Well, they might catch the bad guy, but they don't always convict him or her or they. Sometimes they get to the trial and they don't have enough to convict. And you're left wondering if the person was wrongly accused. Maybe that's part of the formula. I don't watch these shows. Is that true? I mean, yes, it is sometimes. And it's like, ugh, the good guys lost one again. Yeah. Sometimes that happens, but it still feels satisfying. I mean, look, I haven't watched these shows in a long time, but somehow the formula of it always feels satisfying. Uh, uh, JJ, perhaps I misspoke. Maybe they don't always convict, but they get, they find the person who did the, the crime. Maybe so sometimes the if they part. find the person that did the crime and the person didn't do the time, uh, they should show up on another SVU show or another one of those. They, you know, because sometimes you'll see like uh, Jerry Orbach would go on another show or I Richard Belzer goes on another show. Yeah. But why not a killer? shows up on another show and kills on yes. that one and once yes. again skates. Oh my God. Yes. Like the, the, it could be like the trifecta. This person's been on criminal intent and Vincent D'Onofrio couldn't get him. They've been on law and order SVU. And then they, what's the third one? Um, homicide. Just, is it just law and order. I forget. Maybe it's just law and order. Homicide, um, you know, right? that sounds right. NYPD blue. That's a different show. Hmm. Oh, you mean there's, um, there's, there's ones that are all in the same uh, family? Yes. No, I don't know. There's I, like three, I think there's three or maybe there or four even. I don't think I've ever orders. watched one of those crime shows. Oh, my God. You're not missing that much, but still. Yeah. Oh, my God. Greg, we finished Sopranos. No. Oh, yeah, we that's right. It. And now I don't know what to do with myself. Well, let me ask you a couple hard questions. Do All you right. think that Tony got whacked? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, however, you know why I do? Because, spoiler, we're going to talk about the, the end of a show from 20 years ago. Um, 
because the camera really followed that guy in the members only jacket. Mm -hmm. And what if he didn't, then what's the point of that guy? Right. And also, here's something that was pointed out to me by a film nerd, is that the orange in mob movies has always been a sign of murder oh, yeah. and death. Yeah. And the Godfather, Marlon Brando, is getting some fruit on Mulberry Street mm -hmm. when he gets shot. And then uh, another time he's in the garden and right. he's got an orange and he's putting it in his mouth. And then he... Anyway, so uh, Tony, wasn't there an orange on the table? I didn't notice that. I'm yeah. going to have to go back and watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were eating onion rings. And then it was it was so abrupt, though, when it cut to black. For some reason, I envisioned it almost like Seinfeld, <laughs> where like it's going to be them at the table chatting and then it goes to black. But it was like so in the middle of stuff that I I think I went. Ugh! And I could see why at the time people didn't people uh, were a little outraged. A lot of people ending. were outraged. Yeah, because you. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, that Game of Thrones, people were completely outraged. Yeah. Seinfeld, people were apoplectic. People have a hard time with it. It's hard to nail a finale. Did you watch Homeland? I did, but I didn't see the finale. Oh, I thought it was so good. It somehow was so satisfying it jumped into the future. So you saw what happened to the characters in the future. All right, like don't tell, years. don't tell me. Or it went into the past. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't telling you what happened. I'm just telling you the structure. Right. As opposed, like it was the complete opposite of Sopranos, which had an abrupt, what the hell? This was like, let us over explain. Okay. I got a, I you got should, a couple seasons left, but I, yeah. I love the show. I, I kind of want to rewatch it. Yeah. I've started, I've made a list now in my phone of shows that I want to watch and books I want to read because I always forget what it is. I have a list so of, I've got some lists. I have a list of shows. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the main ones that are on my list. There's a, there is a series on Netflix that's called Sinner, The Sinner. Oh. Outstanding I... acting, really good series. Maybe I need to get into that. I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah, The Sinner. You'll love that. And and if you haven't watched Dirty John yet, watch I did. that first. I, I loved that. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, that was a podcast. Yes, it was. Well, it was originally a, a newspaper series. Right. Yes. And it was a podcast. Um, all right. Here's the TV shows that people are telling me to watch. Well, I watched I Think You Should Leave Tim Robinson, which is incredible. Watch mm -hmm. that. Um. Did you watch I May Destroy You? No, and I've been meaning to. Did you like it? No, I, I was told to watch it. Yeah. How To with John Wilson on HBO is very interesting. Um, what about Cobra Kai? Did you watch Cobra Kai? No, I've been wanting to, and Daniel's not interested in it for some reason, so I'm going to add that to my list. Did you like it, or is that just on your That's list? It's on my list. I Yes, I want to watch that. Okay. And then there's a th documentary called Hundred Foot Wave that I have to watch. You know what I really want to see is, uh, and I think it comes out by the time people hear this, it will be out. Uh, there's a documentary called Val about Val Kilmer, and it's from all this. He was like filming himself with a camcorder years ago, and so it's really a fresh look at Val Kilmer. I can't think 
of a celebrity I'd be less interested in seeing a documentary about. It's supposed to be really good. Although I'll tell you what, him in the Doors movie, he fucking nailed Jim Morrison. So good. He did. Yes, he did. And sang the songs. If you get the soundtrack for the movie, it's him mm-hmm. singing each of the songs and you can barely tell the difference. I know. That I want to re I tried to rewatch that movie the other day and I couldn't find it on on any streaming service. What do you think of Bo Burnham? Love Bo Burnham. Have you seen Inside? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Special. Yeah. So good. I have been listening to that album nonstop. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And then I stopped and I was like, oh wow. I I think I've finally had my fill, but yeah. now I'm back to listening to it nonstop. Yeah. Um have we speaking of great comedy, if you have we done it? Have we done it? I think we've done it. I think we might have done it. Feels like we did it. And I'll tell you something, Allison. You were feeling a little bit like you weren't up for it today. And I got to say, you delivered 110%. Thank you. You found That's it. so nice to hear. You found yeah. it. You dug in and you found it. Tap that into the universe. Ooh. Tap, 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 tap. Yep. Put it in the bank. Good. Don't forget to use it. Um, but I feel like you were going to say something like, if you like good comedy. If you like good comedy, you're going to want to go to Dr. Grin's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, August 19th through 21. Then you're going to go out to Golden Cow. You're going to then buy a ticket to Denver, and you're going to go to some shows in uh, at a place called Buffalo Rose in Golden, Colorado, August 26th through the 28th, and then take a few weeks off. And then September 16th, I want you to come out to the Punchline in, in uh, Sacramento, California for three nights. Do it. Don't disappoint Greg. And make sure when you're giggling and chuckling, which you will, have your eyes crinkle so he knows that you're having a good time. Just take the mask off while you're laughing at me. We may all die, but at least I won't die on stage. <laughs> Uh, and I would love if you would check out my podcast, Allison Rosen is your new best friend comes out Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, uh, when you hear this, the episodes that went up previously were Dave Damashek. And, uh, I think the week that, that you hear this, Leanne Kreischer will be my guest. And then the Thursday shows are a group of very funny people and it is fun. And we would just, we would just love to have your ears listening. So check that out. Uh, and follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Great. Allison, uh, enjoy the rest of what's left of the summer. Thank you. And, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Greg Fitzsimmons. Wait, I'm sorry. How soon is summer ending? Or do, is it just because you're, you're leaving? Because that was like a, a real big goodbye. That was like, enjoy these next few months. I'll talk to you when there's a new season. Well, I think this podcast comes out on like August 18th. Yeah. So that's the home stretch. I mean, kids are back to school in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. You may resume. I'm Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm Allison Rosen. And we are Childish. Childish.